in the world. You know, the first thing I'm going to say, the first thing I'm going to say is not to, not wait. First, I'm going going to make any long-term permanent decisions today. I found that in times of crisis, people panic. You know, there's a saying, people panic, a person stays calm. It's the group mentality. We have to stay focused on what God has told us, what we have been taught, that Jesus is controlled. You know, it's the best perspective to always base everything in Scripture and to make wise decisions on what we know today. You know, as disciples of Jesus Christ, that for, uh, we, if we form a different decision, why? Number one is we are not of this world. We are just visitors here. We are not, we are not to be conformed by this world, but transformed. In other words, we are supposed to be transforming ourselves closer and closer to God. You know, we, we do not live like those who have no hope. We have hope, like I talked about a few minutes ago. I couldn't imagine not having the hope that in Christ what we're looking at. I mean, I got two little boys at home. I worry about their future, but I have to always keep in mind that God is in control and God will protect us. Today's message is titled, Not Afraid, with the emphasis on not. We are not to live in fear. Every time an angel shows up, what's he say? Fear not. That is what's so important to always remember, that we are not meant to live in fear. Three ways we are not, we are not to live in fear. The first, first is, we live by faith, not by fear. Jesus Christ confronted his disciples in John 14, comforted his disciples in John 14. Do not let your hearts be troubled. Believe in God. Believe also in me. That's John verse 14, verse 1. Next one is, peace I have peace I have with you, my peace I give you. I do not give to you, you, you as the world gives, but let your hearts be, tru- be troubled and not be afraid. John verse 413. Sorry, I'm having problems with my eyes this morning. Lovely of diabetes. <laughs> You know, I love the way this translation is in the New Living Translation. Uh, I am leaving you with a gift, peace of mind and heart, and peace, and the peace I give is a gift the world cannot give. So don't be troubled or afraid. And that's John 14, verse 27, New Living Translation. The peace of God goes beyond human understanding. You know, you you always know that one person that has such a relation with Jesus and is and so faithful in their life, no matter what they're facing, they're calm. You know, I visited somebody, his wife was dying in the hospital. I mean, it was a matter of hours. And he was such at peace with this and so calm. I honestly think I felt more upset. I knew this couple. But he had the peace that was comes from God. From God. And the points are, is we do not see like God. Our God is faithful. He is in control. We always have to remember that. God is in control. As out of control as thing gets, like I talked about last week in our lives, God is in control. He is good. Our God has a plan. You know, God is always with us. God will never leave us. He will not 
forsake us. He works in all things. Sometimes when we're going through troubled times and things are going on, what we're seeing on going on in the world with everything, it's hard for us to see how God is working through this. But he is. You know, you look at all the craziness in the world, people are start the non-believers are starting to wonder what's going on. And they're starting to ask questions. I get questions at work from people I work with that I would never expect. You know, the one I do keep getting, which I think is crazy, is the vaccine, the mark of the beast. No, it's not. You're not going to sneak it in your arm. <laughs> oh, guess what? You're going to hell. <laughs> no. Well, it's true. I mean, I've had, I've had at least five or six people ask me that. No, the mark of the beast is when you totally denounce Christ and swear allegiance to the Antichrist. That's you know, where I'm going to leave it on that. But that's one question I've been getting. But people are starting to question what's going on in the world. So in a way, God, God is working through this to stir them up, to say, hey, there's something going on here that's beyond the norm. And that is so important. You know, Paul said, for God has not given us a spirit of fear and timidity, but power, love, and self-discipline. We are not panicked, but we're at peace. When we know God, and we know God's will in our life, and we're faithful, we know we have a peace that nothing in this world can take away. Satan loves to make us feel uncomfortable and unrest and that. But when we are focused on the peace of God, we can focus through any storm and know that God is faithful. And he is, we are not fearful. We have faith. We have faith rather than fear. You know, when fear and faith collide, faith is going to win out. That is what's so important. You know, it's easy to be faithful when everything in our lives are going great. When, you know, your job's going good, your life's going good, the kids are healthy, you know, the dishwasher doesn't blow up. But when things start going bad, that's when your faith is really tested. And like I talked about again last week is, God's gotten us through how much in our lives. Do you think he's going to leave us hanging now? No, he's not. If that was true, I would have been gone a long time ago. You know, it feels like I'm either going in a storm, I'm in a storm, or I'm coming out of the storm. And I'm sure a lot of your lives feel the same way. But you have to remember, God is in control. You know, it says in uh, 2 Corinthians 5, 7, For we live by faith, not by sight. That is what we all have to remember. We live by faith, not fear. Don't give Satan the power of fear over you. When you feel, feel unrest, when you feel uneasy, open your scriptures, turn on your worship music, turn off the news, stop looking at Facebook for the answers. It's not there. You know, I love to call Facebook the book of second opinions. Yeah. <laughs> the, there's only one opinion matters, and that's God and the scriptures. That book is the most amazing book I have ever, I just, every time I read something in the Bible, I can read the same thing three, four times, and like the fifth time, it's like I get something new out about, something opens up. The answers are in the scriptures. We need to turn down the world and turn up God. That is what is so important. You know, and also, we need to, we, the second point is, we are sacrificial, not selfish. It says in Philippians 
uh, 2, 3 through 4. Don't be selfish. Don't try to impress others. Be humble. Think of others as better than yourselves. Do not look out only for your own interests, but take an interest in others, too. That is so important that we are like that. You know, like the toilet paper. Who needs a case of toilet paper? Other people need the stuff. And it's... People, when they panic, they get selfish. They get afraid or they start hoarding things. The early, early church faced way more persecution and way more problems than we ever had. You know, the first Christians didn't hoard their goods. They didn't run to the Jer Jerusalem Megamart and stock up on emergency supplies. No, they bonded together. They were the body of Christ. They put others ahead of themselves. That is what we need to be. We need to be a light in the world, especially right now. People are looking for answers. They're scared. Let our faith in the light that's inside of us shine through. All believers, we together, and had everything in common, they sold properties and possessions to give to one another who had need. Every day they commuted to meet, meet together in the temple courts. They broke bread in their homes and ate together with glad and sincere hearts. And that's Acts 2, 44 through 6. Every day the community met together. We need to meet with each other. We need to support each other. We need to be that voice on the end of the phone that when somebody needs to talk, especially when people are afraid. It is time that we become the disciples Christ has called us to be and reach out for the lost, the scared. You know, it's not time to skip church because you're, you're afraid. You know, church is where we need to be. Satan doesn't want us here every Sunday. He will put every excuse in your way to not get you here. You know, even as a pastor, there are some Sundays I'm like, I'm not going to make it to church. And I, they can't start without me, so i got a few more minutes. But Satan doesn't want us here. It is so true. He does not want us to gather together and worship. You know, to me, every time we're at church, we punch Satan right in the nose. And I love doing that. I love aggravating him. You know, it's like on a Sunday when I preach a really good sermon and I get a good response. I'm like, I can't wait to see what the enemy does during the week to derail it. I think that's kind of my judge on how it was on Sunday. Not the offering plate. It's what Satan does. You know, like I told you a long time ago, if you're living a great life and nothing's going wrong, you've got something to worry about. When we're Christians and we're living the Christian life and we're sharing the faith, we are an enemy. And Satan will do anything in his power to derail us. So we have to be together. We have to get to church. If you can't get to church, log in online. But join together. It is so important that we meet together as a church family to support each selves, to encourage each other, to display faith and worship. Not, and not just once a week. Church does not end on Sunday. It goes through the whole week. And you know, I used to laugh. My dad in church was a godly man. On the way to church, the joke was how many people he would cuss out on the way there. And my wife thought it was a joke until one Easter Sunday somebody took my dad's parking space. Apparently at his church you get assigned parking. <laughs> and she started laughing going, shh, shh. 
But it is so important that we represent Christ not only here, but everywhere, our jobs, our lives. We're Christians. People like to look at us. We're like goldfish. Everybody wants to look at us, tap on the glass, and see what the Christians do. See how we handle what's going on. See how we handle hardship in our lives. If we handle it faithfully and we stay with God and we trust God, people notice that. You know, join together with your family in prayer every day. It might feel a little awkward the first couple times, but my house, we pray every night. We meet together and we pray every night. And if dad falls asleep, guess who gets woken up? My kids are like, are we praying before bed? It's become repetition and it becomes something that's so important. You know, we see our church is a spiritual refuge for people in need. And there are a lot of people in need out there right now. There are a lot of scared people. You know, I have friends in the military that are on high alert right now. I don't know what they're, what's going on, but they were just supposed to be within 24 hours notice of their base. So we just need to stay faithful and pray for peace. Pray for God to bring peace back to this earth, to bring people back to him. That is so important. We know, we know a lot of people are looking for hope. It becomes obvious, obvious that people right now feel unsafe and are truly searching for something. You know, like I said, church online, church, just meet with your church family. Spend time with God. You're never too busy to spend too time, some time with God because God's never too busy to spend time with you. He looks forward to it. You know, one of the best things I ever, funniest things I've ever read that was so true is turn your problems all over to God at night because he's going to be up anyway. You know, don't let your troubles keep you awake and unrest. Turn them over to God. Let him handle it. He loves to talk to you. You are his children. You know, I look so forward to my boys. Every time I get home from work, I, I can't even get a shower because I got to hear about their days and what's going on and what Spider-Man did. <laughs> I wouldn't change that for nothing. I'm in no hurry to get in that shower because that's what's important is that time with our families. It can, never be t- it can never be replaced. It can never go back. It is so important that we spend time with our families, with our church families, and share God together. Share the love of Christ. You know, it says every day, the community to meet together in the temple. They broke bread, like I said, in their homes, and they ate together with glad, sincere hearts, praising God and enjoying the, the fa- favor of all the people. As the Lord added their numbers daily, those who were being saved. That is how people get saved, by meeting in community, by learning the love of God. Like I talked about when I walked in, when I moved back from North Carolina, and I walked into the church that was in my hometown my whole life I never set foot in. And because of the love there and me meeting Pastor Phil and him being my mentor, I am where I am. And that was by love and by people getting together behind me. You know, you have a great pastor. 
You really do. He's taught me so much that it was just like, I don't know if I ever shared this to you. When we were going through the assessment weekend, Phil was assigned as my mentor. And the assessment weekend is brutal. Okay, I took tests for the NSA, and they weren't as bad as the assessment weekend. And the whole time, the first two days, Phil's on his tablet and on his phone, and I'm thinking, this guy's supposed to help me, and here he is. Well, the last day we meet with him, and he laid my life out. He laid out our conviction. He told us that, you know, a lot of times he reads these assessments and he reads our life stories. He drinks a cup of coffee, makes a couple notes. He goes, what you guys been through brought me to tears. And he has been behind me ever since. I'll never forget the week after that he asked me to preach here. That's the first time I met you guys. I was terrified. I'm like, here's Phil. He's on the board. He controls, Pastor Phil, he controls my future. You know, I'm like, if I screw this sermon up, <laughs> I'm going to be the next door greeter at Walmart. You know, <laughs> But like I said, he got behind me, and that's what we need to do. We need to be that mentor for that person. And that is so important with believers. With all my heart, I believe God uses this time for good. We may not see it. With all my heart, I believe God uses everything for good. He uses these times to wake people up, to make us grow closer to Him. You know, right after 9-11 happened, the churches were packed. And then all of a sudden, here we get comfortable again and we fall back. God wants us in church. And any, even, I mean, He can use whatever Satan throws at to His good. And we need to be that. We need to look forward to that. We need to spend time here. I look forward to Sundays. I don't care if I'm having the worst week. I don't even care if I'm preaching. I want to be in church. I want to be with my church family. You know, a lot of Sundays I'm back in the booth. You don't even see me. I'm doing the PowerPoint if I'm not preaching. Or I'm cleaning toilets. I don't care. I'm here. You know, shovel the walk, put salt down. I'm taking care of God's house. That is what's so important. This is a sacred place. It's a special place where it's okay to come in broken. It's okay to come in hurting. But it's not okay to stay that way. You know, a lot of people believe that you've got to be perfect to go to church. No. (laughs) Jesus didn't hang out with the perfect people. He hung out with the broken people. And that's what this place is. It's not a museum for saints. It's a hospital for sinners. And that's what we need to spread that out. Which brings me to my third point. We need to shine the light. We do not hide it. We do not hide our faith. I remember when I first became a Christian and God told me to share my faith, I was terrified. It was like the hardest thing I've ever done. One of my best friends to this day, Steve White, worked next to me at Honda in North Carolina. God put him on my heart. And he was wanting, I don't like no Bible thumpers and all this. And we got to be really good friends, and we started going out to lunch every day. And the one day he goes, I'll buy lunch, but I don't want to hear anything about Jesus. Well, I waited until we had lunch, and guess what I talked about? (laughs) Talked about Jesus. And we got to be really good friends. And throughout time, um, we kind of got in, he got mad at me because 
He believed in his life that God could never forgive the things he's done. And trust me, his testimony could be a small movie on TV. But he tells me all this, and I looked right at him. He said I said this, but tell me it was God because this was not, I don't remember saying. He said, you're telling me that one drop of blood of the creator of the universe's son is not enough to forgive you? Who do you think you are? <laughs> and he actually didn't talk to me for about three, four days after that. And the one day we're leaving work, he goes, I want to talk to you out by the car. Now, I'm from Detroit. Okay, if somebody wants to meet you down by the car, you're going to be getting some skin on the knuckles. Well, I get out there, and he's standing there, and he looks mad. And he's a big dude. He's one of the big southern boys. He goes, I want to let you know something. I'm like, yes. I'm still waiting for it. He goes, me and the big guy had to talk last night. I'm like, yeah. He goes, I'm your brother, and I gave him a hug. I'm like, come here, I'm a hugger. <laughs> but God put him on my heart to be a light in the world. You know, don't be afraid of what God's calling you to do. Don't let today's society hinder you from doing what you are called to do. You know, I wear my Christian t-shirts to work. I don't care. I wear them. Because, not just because... That's me. I'm not going to hide who I am. You know, it tells us this. You are a light of the world. A town is built on a hill cannot be hidden. Neither do people light a lamp and put it under a bowl. Instead, they put it on a stand to give light to everyone in the house. The same way, let your light shine before others, that they may see your good deeds and glorify your Father in heaven. And that's the words of Jesus. So they're pretty important. We are a light in the world. We are not meant to be hidden under a basket. We're not meant to just keep it to ourselves. You know, one of my favorite things, my faith is personal. Well, I'm glad Jesus wasn't personal with his faith or none of us would have been saved. We all have a story. We all have a life that was meant as a testimony to share to others, to be a light in the world. People have been through a lot of stuff. I know I have. That gives us a footing to touch and help somebody else. I mean, I grew up with an alcoholic mother and an abusive father. That gives me a pretty good foundation to share God and how he got me through this. We are all a light in the world. During this time, people are afraid. They're unsettled. They're anxious. They're looking for hope. Guess what? We're the hope dealers. Because we have the hope that is Jesus Christ. Like I said, I can't imagine the people that don't know Christ, what they're going through in their heads right now. This world's falling apart. It's going to a certain place in a handbasket, if you know what I mean. But it's meant to happen. We are hope dealers. We're light shiners. We're love givers. It is so important for us to remember that. This virus, virus may be highly contagious, but I'm praying for Christians to be even more contagious. Let the faith be the virus that covers the world, not the coronavirus. Let us be more contagious. Let Jesus Christ be more contagious. That is what's so important. We share, we spread hope. We, sp we spread love. We spread the life of Christ. It is so important. I believe 
believe love and hope of Jesus spreads faster than any virus. It can reach anybody. It can change anybody's lives. You know, one of my favorite songs ever written is Amazing Grace. It was written by a slave trader that met Jesus, a despicable man who met Christ and his life was changed. You know, everybody that goes seeking Christ, like Lee Strobel, who we've all heard talk, he was a devout atheist who set out to prove that Christ never existed. When he got done with his two years, I think it was, he put it down on legal sheets and he like reasons to believe, reasons not to believe. And you know what he said? He says, you can read it in the book. He says, it would take more faith for me not to be a believer. You know what? If you go looking for Christ, you're going to find him. And he's going to change your life. I know he sure changed mine. We need to share that hope. Especially the darker today the day's news gets, the darker this world gets, we need to turn up the light. And we have to do that by being on fire ourselves. You can't start a fire if you're not on fire. So if there's something that you need to work out with God, that you need to ignite that fire, I pray right now, right now, dear Heavenly Father, please come upon us and light the fire of the Holy Spirit inside of us. Let us bring the world word to the lost. Let's bring hope to the lost. Let's share the love of Christ. Let us put our trust fully in you and make a difference for your kingdom, Lord. Amen. We Remember, we are not of this world. We're just passing through. You know, I've always felt like I never fit in in this world. Well, you know what? I'm not going to. None of us are ever going to fit in this world because we're not of this world. We need to share that hope that only, only, only comes through Jesus. You know, I looked in the Bible. You know, we are supposed to have hope, not fear. How many times it said not be afraid, not to be afraid. You know, the angel shows up at Jesus' birth. Do not be afraid. I bring you good news and great joy. You know, when Jesus came, I did not come for the healthy, but the sick. Not for the righteous, but the sinner. That is what we need to be. We need to be that light in that hope. We are all called to be disciples. It says the harvest is plentiful and the workers are few. That cannot that is more and more true today than it has ever been. You know, I don't believe we're going to be here long. I believe that Jesus is coming back soon. You know what? I want to load the bus. You know, Pastor Phil can drive it. I'll be at the door going welcome. <laughs> welcome. <laughs> that is what we need to do. We need to bring the hope. We are not of the world. We do not live by bread alone, by, by every word of God. We need to feed the world. You know, like I always say, your Bible is not a decoration to sit on your coffee table. You know, where you can actually write in the dust, read me. You know, your Bible should be worn out. There should be more notes and sticky notes in it and everything. It's okay to write in your Bible. Growing up Catholic, you're not allowed to do that. You're not allowed to touch it. I told you about that. My parents' Bible sat in the box so long that it literally the box fell apart. It's meant to be read and worn out and shared. Jesus does not lead us to temptation, but he delivers us from evil. He will deliver us from this evil of the world. Don't let the temptation of this world 
come to you. Let the God's word keep you from the evil. We don't store up for ourselves treasures on earth, but we store up in heaven. You know, everything we buy, everything we have will rust, fade, fall apart. Trust me, my cars, I'm always fixing them. But everything that we save in heaven is eternal. Every person we talk to and share the gospel with is eternal. You know, like I always say, all I want to hear when I make it to heaven is well done, my good and faithful servant. You know, I always hear so many people have asked me, when I get to, God, get to heaven, God's got to explain this, this, and this to me. You know what? I, only, I have one question for God. Why did you love me so much? What did you see in me that I never saw in myself? That is the only question I have for God, because I cannot understand why he loves me so much. And he does. And he loves everybody that much. He doesn't want to see one soul go to hell. And that's why he gives us the commission for us to share the gospel. We start the, we start the, we start the road and God finishes it. And he called those people and he put them in our path for a reason. Because maybe you and I are the only person can reach that certain person. You know, like Steve, I never would have believed he would have came to Christ. He teaches at the church in North Carolina now. His son is actually a pastor, uh, going to be a pastor. His son was an addict too, by the way. You never know what can happen when you follow God, but it will always be amazing. We have to be the light in the world. And no matter what we are going through, don't worry about tomorrow. Each day has enough trouble of its own. We walk by faith, not by sight. And right now is a time where we need to walk by faith. And it's so important. God has not given us a spirit of fear. He hasn't. He tells us in Joshua, be courageous. I'm with you. If God's with you, how can we not be courageous? He is with us, and we are called to be courageous. Jesus, not my will, but your will be done. Like I talked about fighting, steering the wheel, trying to be the driver, Jesus should already have the wheel. Stop trying to go where you want to go, and let God take you where... He wants to take us. Because I guarantee you it will be better than any of our plans. Like I always say, you want to hear God laugh? Tell him your plan. Because I never thought I'd be a pastor up here in the church. <laughs> that was not my plan. I was going to work in Florida as a mechanic and live on the beach. That was my plan. <laughs> I'm in Ohio in ice and snow <laughs> and a pastor. <laughs> and I wouldn't change it for a world. You know, my kids love God. And I didn't tell them to love God. I didn't force them to love God. They love God because they see a father that loves them. And they, that is what's so important. Live by example. Be the light. You know, I pray in front of my children all the time. Don't be afraid to pray. You know, 
prayer is so important. It's just, you know, me and my wife were out out to lunch one time and we're praying and the waiter comes up and he goes, I'm so happy to see that. And that's what's so important is we pray and that we are there for others. Don't set your mind on earthly things, social media, news. Set your mind on things above in heaven. Like I said, stop turning to the book of second opinions to fix your life on Facebook. You know, the thumbs up isn't going to help you. Wishful thoughts and good vibes aren't going to change your life. Prayer is going to change your life. Jesus Christ is going to change your life. You know, stay off the infomercials at 3 a.m. too. You know, it's so important. You know, I think they put them on that time because you're weak then. It's like, I must have that. <laughs> but it's so important. Spend your time where it's important with God. Let pers- let's just persevere and finish its work. Not lacking in everything. Persevere. It's not always easy to walk by faith. But you know, every step of that walk, Christ is with you. If you fall down a hundred times, guess what? He's going to pick you up a hundred times. You never can out, out sin God. He loves you. He will forgive you every time. Every time you make a mistake. You know, I have friends that are battling alcoholism. They're like, well, I made it 31 days and I fell off. And he's like ready to give. I said, well, you made it 31 days. Start over. That's the same way with our faith. We can start over. Now he's been sober about seven years. That's what's so important is a failure is not a setback. A failure is an opportunity to show your faith and continue forward. Don't become weary of doing good. God will be there with you. Sometimes it's hard when you pour your heart out and you feel like you're not getting anywhere. You know, some days I talked about, I feel like my prayers are bouncing off the ceiling. But they're not. That's what Satan wants us to believe. We will win the battle. Victory has already been won. We will win the battle. God is faithful. Our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers and the authorities and the powers of this world. And we have to always keep that in mind. We will face warfare. Right now, the whole world's a powder keg. There is war, warfare. We will not be overcome with evil, but overcome evil with good. That is so true. No matter how dark it is, God wins. We know we've read the end of the book. We do not belong to those who shrink back and are and are destroyed but those who have faith and who are saved we are all saved by the grace and blood of Jesus Christ we already have the victory the lord is not slow to keep his promises you know so many people want something to happen now everything happens in god's timing and his timing is perfect he's never late and with everything going on, we have to remember, these are things that keep, give us hope and strength of what's going on. We have the hope that is in Christ. That is so...
you know, like I said, we live by faith, not by fear. We are sacrificial, not selfish. We shine the light. We do not hide it. And I want to close with this scripture. But we have, tre- but we have this treasure in a jar of clay to show that all surpasses power is from God and not from us. We are hard pressed on every side, but not crushed, perplexed, but not despaired, persecuted, but not abandoned, struck down, but not destroyed. And that's 2 Corinthians 4, 7. We are not destroyed. We may be knocked down. We may be beat up, but we will always, God will always give us the strength to carry on. Dear Heavenly Father, I thank you so much for this time to come together in your house and worship you. To spend time. Please give the peace that only comes from knowing you to the world. I pray for peace with all the wars going on and everything happening. That your son comes back soon. I pray for the lost. If anybody is out there, Lord, let them feel you pulling on their heart today until they're They cannot resist, and they give their lives to you. In your heavenly name I pray, amen.